Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to the Disney Movie Marathon. Today we're following up our episode from last week. My friends Rachel Wagner and Katie Fabric are back, and we're talking about the sequel to 2007's Enchanted, 2022's Disenchanted. Okay, so Disenchanted. This is 15 years later IRL time, but 10 years later in movie time. And because of that, Morgan has been recast. So most of the cast is back, except for Morgan. And then Nathaniel isn't a character in this movie, so that's fine. He was kind of annoying anyway, so I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Her name, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, Gabriella Baldacino is replacing Rachel Covey. But Rachel does make a cameo in this movie. I don't know if you knew that or even noticed her. I had to, I only saw her on my second time through because I watched the movie twice while I was making my notes. And she has like one line in the scene where Giselle is trying to figure out what's happening that night. And she says something about the, the ball or the festival. So that's the original Morgan now playing a peasant. Did you guys know that she was in the movie? I didn't really like that. Yeah, I completely missed that. I'm glad they gave her a little role. But this movie also was in development for an extremely long time. Apparently, it was reported in 2010 that Disney was planning a sequel. And it is now 2022, so that's 12 years. But for years afterwards, there wasn't any word about this sequel going forward. And apparently reporters would ask in interviews with different members of the cast and crew what was going on, but nobody knew what was happening. And the only thing that anybody was ever able to say was that they were just working on finding the right script. But they finally announced in 2020 that they were greenlit with a sequel. And this sequel is written by Bridget Hales. And like I said, everybody's back except for the original Morgan. And we have a few new characters and the main new characters are a trio of not quite villains at the beginning, but then later on they are villains. Malvina, Rosaline, and Ruby, played by Maya Rudolph, Yvette Nicole Brown, and Jama Mays. And I really like all three of these actresses, and I thought it was great that they all ended up in this movie. I thought they were a lot of fun. Yeah, that was that was fun. I enjoyed that. They had nice throwbacks for the most part, everything to the original, mm-hmm. which is a tricky thing in this kind of movie. Yes. And I I will say not everything worked perfectly for me, but I think they did a good job in making this a sequel that set itself apart from the original. Yeah, my feeling of it after I saw it was that I thought it was okay. I I, I didn't love the story as much. I liked mm-hmm. Giselle becoming the evil stepmother. That was fun. Mm-hmm. There were some fun moments, and then I, they had there were some technical things that I just couldn't believe that they did. That we, I guess we'll talk about, but um, mm-hmm. that that particularly that CGI scroll was one of the worst digital effects I think I've ever seen. It, it was absolutely terrible. Are you talking about Pip or that, something else? the you know the scroll the, oh scroll i thought you said squirrel yeah. no the scroll <laughs> that was just it looked terrible i thought it just looked absolutely horrible and uh and the cgi cat was also just absolutely terrible it looked like something 
worse than a Barbie movie, um, <laughs> which are made for, you know, DVD and and uh, and don't have a, a much of a budget. So for this to come out of like a major Disney Plus sequel to a beloved film to have that level of special effects, I just thought was shocking. They, it looked to me, those two things looked so bad. I thought the squirrel was fine. Ooh. The cat, I didn't have too much of a problem, except I didn't like his design. I thought he was too ugly. I mean, I suppose that's the point, but I don't know. I just, I thought those looked hideous personally. Well, on the same line, we can talk about all points of animation. What did you think about the 2D animation? This time it was done by a Canadian animation studio, Tonic DNA, which I've never heard of. What did you think of the level of 2D animation? That it looked fine. I didn't notice like a huge difference in downgrade from the original as far as the 2D animation. Um, I mean, you spend more time in there than in the original. I thought it was fine at the beginning. And then when in the middle of the movie, when Morgan goes to Andalasia, I did not like it. Hmm. I don't know what it was. It just felt not, it wasn't as bad as like the direct-to-video sequels but it felt cheaper to me. It was like maybe in some places the frame rate was too low because it seemed a little, maybe this the tiniest bit staggered, like I could see the, the frames. I don't know. It just didn't seem as fluid as the original film to me. But like I said, the, first, the beginning was fine. The end was fine. It was just when Morgan went to Andalasia. It just seemed... Like something was off and it was bothering me. Honestly, that whole part, the whole middle section, I was kind of phasing in and out and like it kind of, I kept getting distracted. Mm. So that might be part of it. It was just not, that's why I say the script It was just, it got kind of bogged down and uh, it, it kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got kind of bored. It was kind of convoluted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I I tried to be I try to be more forgiving because it's it's a movie about magic and it's a magic land and whatever, but it did seem a little bit more convoluted than the first movie to me. Yeah, I agree. And I think part of that is the first movie was definitely a parody of Disney movies, a parody of fairy tales, and this one just seemed like it really wanted to be a fairy tale. It was no longer a parody. It just was yeah. a fairy tale. Like they had a couple moments. Like I appreciated yeah. when they had the, or they were talking about the villains and yes. how that yes. uh, they weren't allowed to be villains anymore. And the, um, uh, unless they uh, were a surprise villain, like that little bit of commentary in there about how Disney's forgotten how to make a good villain. Uh, and I thought that was, that was funny. So there were like a few moments but not much, not much. I, I really, anytime there was like commentary with the villains and a, some of the stuff with the stepmother, I really liked anytime when it was a commentary on fairy tales or on Disney movies, I really liked that. Mm -hmm. But those, those moments were a bit too few and far between. And not that the whole fairy tale aspect mm -hmm. of this movie being a fairy tale was bad. It just wasn't what I loved about the original. Yeah. I mean, the best part about this movie was the songs, the yes. choreography, those sequences. And yeah, evil, evil stepmother. Giselle was fun. Mm -hmm. so yeah, Amy Adams did a good job with that. Yeah. See, I'm going to jump in 
and be mean and say I hated everything about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted it. I was like hoping that it was over. I was like. It's really long. I was looking at the 10 uh, second skip button longingly. I was like, would I miss much if I hit that? Yeah. I, I don't know. It just really fell flat for me. I didn't find any of it interesting. And I, I didn't like the songs. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked about half of the songs. None of the songs, I, I would say none of the songs were bad. But as far as like really liking the songs, there were two that stood out to me as great. I loved these. The rest were fine to enjoyable. I wouldn't say any of them are bad, but they were a step down from the original film. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't a fan, but, you know, like, obviously, to each their own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you agree about the scroll, Amy, that looked terrible? It looked... I just couldn't believe it. It looked so bad. It was constantly moving and, like, almost, like, just floating there. It had a weirdness to it that I can't really ex- describe it, like it reminded me of the old uh, when you used to be in microsoft word and there was that oh my goodness clippy yeah there you go clippy <laughs> it does Which look is, like that's clippy. not a good thing if your if your <laughs> graphic effect is reminding me of clippy <laughs> that's hilarious it's like a, a fairy tale ancient version of clippy and yeah. so i wonder if that was on purpose because like he's the same he does the same thing as clippy like you, you, you so. he answers questions like Clippy is there to help. <laughs> I wonder if they purposely designed him to be like a medieval version. Of I think that's Clippy. given them more credit than they deserve. <laughs> but it looked—I just couldn't believe it. I and, oh, wow. and somebody ought to, because uh, everybody knows how much I hated the recent pin, the the Pinocchio, uh, Robert Zemeckis Pinocchio. And somebody was saying, "Well, at least it's not as bad looking as Pinocchio." And I on Twitter said, "Don't make me compliment Pinocchio." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. I did not think of that, but that is perfect, and I could totally see that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like I don't really have that much to say about this movie. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was okay, but it certainly could have been way better. Um, Just sharper, funnier, better script. Uh, I, I thought a lot of it was kind of carried on the backs of the performers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that were you know really trying to yeah. to to make it work. I think I'm, the idea is there. I think they needed a couple of rewrites, but I yeah, like I, I love the idea of this movie. Having Giselle turn evil is a great idea, and it's the perfect way to take the first story and do something totally different with it. I do wish there was more meta commentary on fairy tales and Disney movies instead of like trying to be another fairy tale. But I do think that that idea is a great idea. I just think that they could have done a little bit more. Yeah, this movie felt less of a parody of fairy tales and more like, what if real life started becoming a fairy tale? Yeah, basically. Because it was like, oh, now that she's a stepmother in a fairy tale, she has to become evil. Instead of, like, breaking the the format and stuff. Yeah, I did notice that because, like, in the first movie, there was, like, they made specific mention of not all stepmothers are evil. 
like that was something that Giselle went out of her way to tell Morgan <laughs> before she even knew that she was going to end up being Morgan's stepmother. So I I did think it was a little bit disappointing that they kind of abandoned that idea. But I do love the idea of Amy Adams turning into a wicked stepmother. So I forgave that. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, I, from the very beginning, I could tell that this was a downgrade because... Julie Andrews has been replaced with an annoying chipmunk. <laughs> I was not a fan of Pip in this movie. Like, he was oh, cute no. in the first one, and I thought he was annoying in this one. I didn't like his voice. I didn't like his children's voices. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, yeah, I wanted Julie Andrews back. <laughs> I did like the cartoon Disney Castle at the beginning, the Disney logo turning into the animated Andalasian Castle. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a huge fan of the Andalasia song <laughs> over that, but it was fine. I liked that you get a little bit of backstory for Giselle. I didn't know that she had been raised by animals. I don't think it ever said that in the first movie. No, because it's not really necessary. Yeah I, yeah, I didn't really know what was up with Giselle in the first movie. I just, she was a Disney princess. <laughs> there wasn't really any backstory needed, but I thought it was kind of cute that they gave her a backstory about being raised by animals like a fairy tale Mowgli. <laughs> and then the purpose of having Pip narrate this is to give us a backstory recap of the first film. And the one thing that I did like about this opening was the one annoying chipmunk child's line even though I didn't like his voice. He's, he says, after, nothing happens after, happily ever after. You just get married and then nothing else happens ever again. <laughs> <laughs> that cracked me up. <laughs> so then he tells them the story, 10 years after the first film, Giselle has grown disenchanted with her life in New York and she wants to move somewhere more fairy tale like so they're on their way to Monroeville, which is like a small suburban town. They have a new baby, Sophia. And even though this isn't really a huge point of the movie, I liked the baby. Like it seemed like, I mean, yes, it was a real baby, but they must have filmed enough stuff with the baby to get the baby to act like a real baby. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like the baby reacted to things in a natural baby way. And you don't always get that. Sometimes you can tell they're just filming with the kid and they just whatever. But the kid seemed like it was like really there and really interacting sometimes. And you have another song here, even more enchanted, which was fine. Kind of forgettable. I don't remember it. I know. Well, I, but, <laughs> I there's like I said, there's two songs that I totally remembered, totally loved. And I kind of forgot the rest of them until I watched it the second time. And then I was like, oh, yeah, like, it's fine. It wasn't bad. But they get to Monroeville, the house is in shambles, although Morgan's room is perfect because they made sure to give her her own perfect room, even though the rest of the house was kind of crashed. And then you, they make sure to focus in on this memory tree art on the wall that becomes part of the convoluted plot later on. <laughs> <laughs> and then an electrical fault causes a fire and she has to evacuate the room. The thing is, is that they mentioned earlier, they took out all the walls and they just got the walls back in. It's like, then when the walls were all down, why didn't you just check the electrical? 
Well, my thought was if the walls were all gone and you put them back on, why didn't you put on better walls? Because the walls looked like they were old and dirty and covered yeah. in vines. I was like, who is in charge of this operation? Because I think you need a new contractor. <laughs> yeah, did it take them like 15 years to put the new walls up? Or like they put the new walls up and they just moved after 15 years? Yeah, and it was that old, old wiring yeah. that they don't use anymore. I don't think that the people who wrote the film really knew much about <laughs> contracting. Not that I'm an expert or anything, but I've grown up around people who build houses. Like my uncle is a carpenter and I know a little bit and I know enough that that did not make sense for them to be talking about the walls being gone and then now they're back and but they still are old and yeah, they didn't put enough thought into that. Yeah. And then you meet the three not yet villains, but sort of villains. They're the snobby upper crust ladies of the town. The leader is Malvina Monroe, and that's a very on the nose name, Malvina. It's like, uh, it's like the whoever named this baby Malvina. Are you just wishing for her to be an evil stepmother? <laughs> <laughs> that's just the perfect evil queen name. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Maya Rudolph. And Yvette Nicole Brown and Jamie Mays as Rosaline and Ruby, who are her minions. And they're they're cute. I like Yvette Nicole Brown and Jamie Mays. I've loved them for years. I I kind of wish they had more to do in this film, but I liked what they were able to do in the roles. They were cute. It was mm -hmm. nice to see them again because I haven't seen them in anything for a little while. Oh really? I feel like the Yvette, Yvette Nicole Brown is like in is oh, like Disney's darling. Like, she's in tons of Disney stuff. She was in Lady and the Tramp, wasn't she? she yeah, was in yeah, Sarah. Lady and Tramp. And I feel like there's just a, I can't think off the top of my head, but I feel like there's been a number of things with Disney that she's been in. Probably. I haven't kept up on everything that Disney's been releasing lately. A lot mm -hmm. of times I think I'll just wait and watch it when I get to it on the podcast. Yeah, which is kind I mean, of Disney, what I did with this, but I watched very soon after released. Disney's had kind of a not great year. I mean, I I think the best thing that they've made is um, the uh, Chippendale movie. Um, <laughs> everything else has been very and and Wakanda Forever. Those would be the two things, but everything else has been very in levels of disappointing. Mm, okay, in my opinion. Well, you also get a scene here with the king and queen from Andalasia, Edward and Nancy, coming in. Apparently, they built a portal straight to the well in their backyard so now they can visit anytime and you find out that they are her godparents the baby's godparents the new baby or one-year-old baby because it's it was just her birthday and they've brought her a wishing wand and i my thought was why are you bringing a baby something with this much magic power yeah that was weird and then they later on, like, they just give it to the baby and the baby's just carrying it around town because, like, you have Malvina seeing it, wondering what it is. It's like, what happens if this baby just wishes that somebody was a bottle of milk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is too much power for a, for a child. Uh, plot reasons. They couldn't think of anything better, I guess. Also, where are Prince Edward's sleeves? <laughs> He's wearing boring clothes. <laughs> Disappointment of the year. But he was the best part of the movie, I thought. He was pretty funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was really funny still. Um, and him and, uh, Ide and they give Idina some stuff to sing, which she, you know, rocked it as usual. But um, what? 
What did you think of this song, The Magic of Andalasia? I, you know what? They, I, I thought it was, I thought all the music was fine. This is the worst song in my opinion. <laughs> 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 this was the most on the nose, fairy tale esque, sincere song. It was like it was supposed to be for a Broadway musical. I suppose that's partly because of Idina's voice, but it just felt so out of place. I don't know. It just, it there was no hint of anything funny or, because like at this point, I will say watching it through the second time, I didn't care as much. The first time I watched, I was like, where is the parody? Because at this point, I was still thinking that this needs to be a parody and I hadn't gotten it that this was not really a parody anymore. So it it was better on the second watch. But the first time I was like, this is the worst song. I hope the rest of this movie is not this way. Yeah. And they also yeah. include the scroll that Rachel hates, which is going to Ugh. explain anything that they have questions <laughs> on with this Ugh. wand. Yeah, that was that was terrible. <laughs> I really liked Edward and Robert's conversations yeah. throughout the movie, the few conversations that they had. I love that he <laughs> thinks that they're now poor and that he's a poor country squire and he needs a sword. He gives them a sword. Yeah, that was funny. Which then leads to him leaving for most of the movie off on his own adventures, which part of me was like, why did you have to separate him from everybody else? But also at the same time, you can't really have him around when she's turning evil because he wouldn't go with this. So it was fine, I guess, that he was off doing his own funny dragon slaying and ogre chasing. Yeah. But you also get through this that he's not really happy with what he's doing. He's still commuting back and forth to New York. So he's also looking for a change. Like Giselle is not the only one who's mildly miffed about the, their situation. And Morgan basically feels like an outcast. She has to wear her mother's clothes now and her mother of course dresses all frilly and flowery and she's this was another thing that i was kind of annoyed by in my first watch she's a very stereotypical moody teenager and i was like what happened to the sweet little girl from the first movie but i guess it's fine kids grow up and the second watch knowing that she eventually does come around i was fine with it it's funny though because like they're like she's moody she's an awful t but she like doesn't do much she just kind of no, like for a moody teenager she was very subdued yeah she's just like i'm not happy and i'll tell you this but i'm going to go along with it yeah yeah she's a very <laughs> obedient moody teenager <laughs> except when she runs off to new york but like she said she's been riding the train by herself for years so it's not like she was doing something that she has never done and was forbidden from doing also, she's just like, I had a bad day. No one talked to me. It's like, well, yeah, it's because it's your first day of school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, during her first day, Giselle takes her to school and then meets up with Malvina and company again. And you find out about this festival that they're planning where they vote for a prince and princess, which I'm assuming is sort of like their version of a homecoming king and queen. And she says that her son Tyson always wins. It's not rigged, I promise. <laughs> And yeah, she has a terrible day. She wants to go back to New York and they have like a fight, but Giselle tries to make everything better by setting up a cupcake table at school and campaigning for her to be the princess in, at this festival. And then Malvina shows up and this is where you get that she's basically 
a little bit more than a snobby lady. And Malvina basically just orders her minions to tear down her table. And that's when Morgan runs off to New York. She comes back way late at night. She's grounded and refers to her mother as her stepmother, which, of course, hurts her terribly. And Giselle's just basically been mourning over the fact that she's not a kid anymore, mourning over this memory tree art. Basically, just the focus is on memories because you got to remember memories for the convoluted thing at the end. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, she's grounded. And then this is where you get the song Fairy Tale Life. There's two versions. This first one is when she's wishing for things to be better. And then Pip comes along and she gets the idea to take the wand of wishes and use it to wish for a fairy tale life. Nothing happens right away, but the next day she wakes up and the entire town has transformed into a fantasy kingdom. It's now Monrolasia, and their house is now completely finished and beautiful and perfect, and everyone is completely brainwashed. <laughs> and when that started happening, like, I was like, you can't possibly be okay with this because nobody is acting correctly. It's like they're different people, but she seems fine with it. <laughs> Like and and the second version of the song starts up here for the second version of Fairy Tale Life. And I've I kind of loved this version. Even though everybody's brainwashed, I did like this part. I love and I didn't realize that they had gotten an actress to play Morgan who could sing. And she was great. I I really liked her part of the song. And I loved all the Beauty and the Beast references, especially because they like did, took it in a ridiculous way, like they did with the happy working song in the first one, having it be rats and pigeons that are helping with the chores. This time, like in Beauty and the Beast with the singing and dancing dishes and stuff, now you've got like a toaster and a garbage pail. I liked that. I thought that was fun. Yeah, that was, it was good. I liked that too. Yeah, the appliances were cute. Yeah. This is where things started to turn around a little bit for me because up until this point, I was underwhelmed, I will say. So this is where things did start to turn around for me, even though everybody was brainwashed and was like, why isn't Giselle even the slightest bit upset about her daughter being completely like her daughter is literally completely brainwashed, totally different person. I was thinking you need to be more concerned about this, but oh, well, whatever. And Pip can now talk to and Malvina is now the queen of the town, complete with magical powers. And I did like her reaction a magic queen those are always fun (laughs) i don't know how fun she looks (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i mean they're always the worst that's the joke (laughs) Mm -hmm. so then you get the conversation about the festival and then the person who tells her about the festival is the original morgan so this is what they were planning the day before but now it's a fairy tale type festival instead of a homecoming whatever And this is where Malvina sees the wand and asks about it. But then the clock suddenly strikes and Giselle's eyes start glowing. And she starts, like, backhandedly insulting Malvina. And then she snaps back and says she needs to get Morgan a new dress. And then they leave. And Malvina goes to consult her magic mirror, played by Oscar Nunez, who was a barista earlier in the movie. He tells her about the wand and... She basically just tells her lackeys to go steal the wand so she can use it. And Giselle and Morgan go to get her a dress. But Giselle 
apparently destroys it, but doesn't seem to remember that she destroys it. But she seems happy that she's destroyed it and wants to go back and berate the shopkeeper. Like she likes all this bad stuff happening. And then Morgan refers to her as stepmother again, but in a nice way this time. And this makes her realize that she's actually turning into a wicked stepmother because in fairy tales, stepmothers are wicked. And she discovers that Morgan's room has been transformed into a dirty attic, a la Cinderella. And Morgan basically is kind of Cinderella in this half of the movie. She's doing all the chores, even though she's a much different type. And it's not like she's like forcing her and horribly mistreating her yet. But she's basically Cinderella in this first part. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I I thought, again, I thought this was one of the stronger parts is is seeing Amy Adams playing uh, the evil stepmother version of Giselle and her flipping back and forth between the two, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes within like a single uh, scene, sometimes within a paragraph of dialogue. Yeah. And uh, she'd be switching back and forth. And I just thought she did a good job with that. It reminded me of Gollum in that one scene where the oh, camera is yeah. panning. I think behind Morgan, like the camera is just constantly moving, going from one side to the other. And as soon as she comes out from behind, when the camera pans over to one side, she's good, pans over again, and she's evil. I thought they did that really well. (laughs) I could see that. But this is where they consult the horrifying scroll. (laughs) And the scroll tells them that the amount of magic that it will take to do what she has wished for is basically enough to end Andalasia altogether. But she can undo the wish if she unwishes it before midnight. But at this point, the lackeys have already gone in and stolen it, so she can't unwish it yet. And Malvina tries to use this, but then the scroll appears to her and tells her it can only be used by a true Andalasian. And he tells her, like, where the town came from and that it was Giselle who made this wish that made her queen. So Giselle realizes that without the wand, she's going to lose herself to her wicked side. She has to find a way to stop it. So she goes looking for Morgan. And then there's a song here for Morgan. It's called Perfect, which was forgettable, but fine. And this is basically setting up a relationship with Prince Tyson. Mm -hmm. And by the end of this, Giselle has mostly turned evil. She locks Morgan in her room and Morgan tries to escape. Giselle stops her, but she has just enough of herself left to explain what's going on, and she sends her to Andalasia to get help. And after this, she's basically evil permanently. She decides she wants to be queen of Monrolasia, and of course, Malvina isn't going to just hand over the kingdom. So she sends Pip after the wand and goes to tell Malvina that one of them has to die, and they're planning to have a showdown at midnight. And this leads to probably my favorite song of the whole movie, Badder. I loved the back and forth between the two of them. I thought the wordplay was great. I thought I I loved them singing together. I just this was probably one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. This was really entertaining to see them just going full evil queen stepmother. It's just a really fun song. Yeah, that was fun. I agree. I enjoyed that. Did you hate this song too, Katie? <laughs> Actually, it was my least favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was just like I got like I love rhymes and for me it was felt like convoluted that they kept saying batter 
and then like they would be like, "Oh crap, we'd have nothing to rhyme that with." I and love so, that they rhymed evil with sleevel. Yeah, like it, it, it like weirdly annoyed me. That is true. I it was so ridiculous point. that it just made me laugh. Like it felt like they were using those weird words because they were trying to rhyme it with another word, but they were using weird words to rhyme with the weird words. Yeah. And you're like, for me, I was just like, well, at that point, like, then why are you using the weird, the weird word in the first place? You know, I don't know. It was, it was just like, I was irritated. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why are you doing this? But I understand why people like it. Definitely the beat and the circumstance was the best out of all the songs. Mm. So it just, it was a pet peeve. So. Yeah, to me, it just read as over the top on purpose. Like that was the point of the ridiculous rhyming scheme. Yeah. So I thought it was fine. I thought it was funny. That may have been the point. I don't know. Maybe I was so done with the movie at that point that I was like, <laughs> I was like nitpicking. And so I'm just like, I was just sitting there like, oh, it's still going. Like, I kept checking the runtime, and I'm like, I still have an hour and, like, yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was long. It was long. Yeah, it's no doubt about that. I like to probably love Power. I mean, I just love yes. Andy Mazel, so that's probably why. Yes, that was probably my second favorite song. This is when you end up in Andalasia. Morgan finds out the whole place is disintegrating. And the only way to save it is the magic of the memory tree, which is like that picture from the beginning. And then you have Idina singing Love Power, which for some reason I thought when I heard the title, I thought it was going to be a cover of that song that was like from the 70s. Love Power, a little love power. I thought she was covering that song. And then she started singing. I was like, oh, what is this song? And then she like sings it in the song. I was like, oh. I guess it's just a song with the same name. <laughs> but I did like that song. I, I thought she did great with that. Even though I was not really a fan of the animation in this scene, this is like the worst animation for me. Like, to me, this is way worse than the squirrel and the cat. I I was just like, this is, seems like such a downgrade from the first movie. Yeah. And also, I thought their faces looked weird. Yeah, I think a bit of a... Uh, difference that just with the 2D like I didn't mind the 2D I felt like it went more less from the smoothness of James Baxter to yes. like um more of a TV animated yes yes that's what I was trying to think of it's it felt like because like like I said in the first podcast James Baxter is known for his very smooth animation and this did not have that I, it wasn't noticeable to me at the beginning or the end like I it didn't register to me at all as not smooth. Mm. But for some reason, this scene here, there was just something about it. It just did not feel fluid yeah. enough. I think what they were doing is that they had this big, like, epic different shots um, that they all had planned. But then they're just like, oh, but we're only giving you, like, the budget and yes. the time for TV animation. So it just doesn't quite reach the level that the first movie did. Mm. That was my assumption, I guess. I just figured yeah. they just were given basically a TV movie budget and they did what they could with it. I guess in that respect, it's better than they could than it could have been. <laughs> but I, I just I guess I wanted the animation from the first movie. And this was not that like it was fine, but it felt like something that a YouTuber could have done. Oh, yeah.
Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I mean, really, I was just thinking about it. Like Disney had a pretty rough year when it comes to sequels. I mean, mm-hmm. except for Black Panther, I, the the other two Marvel sequels had mixed response. And then uh, and then that Pinocchio abomination. <laughs> and I, I at least thought that Hocus Pocus 2 was not good. I thought it was... I didn't like it. Um, and yeah, so <laughs> pretty rough. Yeah. Did you guys notice in the Love Power song, did you think that there was a nod to Frozen? Because there was a particular line in there when she said, let it grow, let it glow. <laughs> I was no. like, did they put that in there to be a nod to Frozen? Probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. But anyways, during the song, they revive the memory tree and go back to the real world. Edward stays behind to protect Andalasia for some reason. And I'm like, what is he protecting it from? The whole thing is falling apart. It's, it's like, yeah, peace out, guys. I got to go record for Sonic 2. <laughs> but they go back to the real world. They eventually meet up with Robert and Prince Tyson and rush to the town hall to stop the witches' duel while everything is now falling apart because apparently Andalasia itself is now pushing into the real world for some reason. (laughs) I wasn't clear why. Because we've watched (laughs) Spider-Verse. But Pip has gotten the wand back from her and they have a magic duel and Giselle pretty easily wins the duel because the wand can do whatever she wants. And then they're interrupted and Morgan tosses the memory tree art to Giselle who rips it up but the magic in the art, it's magic. <laughs> She's normal now. <laughs> and she's going to undo everything because everything Andalasian is going to die at midnight, including her. Of course, by this point, Malvina already knows what happened. She knows that it was this wish that made her queen. She doesn't want to not be queen. So she takes Morgan hostage, demanding the wand or she's going to kill her. And then Giselle, like, accidentally drops the wand in horror, and Malvina stomps on it, and then everything starts dying. She starts dying. The clock is chiming. Robert and Tyson run to the clock tower because they think if they delay the final chime, it's going to stop everything because that's how it works. And apparently that is how it works because they stop the clock and it doesn't, they don't die immediately. So I don't know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, like, it's weird. Why does the clock chime before it actually hits 12? Well, it has to count. Like, those kind of clocks count. Okay. It just, like, starts a minute early? Some do, yeah. But they're, all those kind of clocks are different. My dad likes those kind of clocks. I think they're very annoying. We have several in our house, and I really don't like when they <laughs> go off. <laughs> but, yeah, the, some of them will start way too early, in my opinion. Okay. but yeah she's dying she tells morgan to get the wand because she's a true andalasian because she's her daughter so she can use the wand i don't know why she couldn't just use the wand and unwish the wish now because the wand still has power but whatever she collapses and malvina realizes the clock hasn't struck 12 yet so she starts blasting it with magic trying to get them out of there and then morgan wishes that she was home with her mother just as malvina explodes the clock tower and then everybody wakes up Everything is normal. They're back in their own house. But the only people who know what happened are her and Giselle. And I'm going to assume Pip. 
Maybe. I, mean, I don't know. Like, and I think Nancy and Prince Edward know as well. Well, yeah. Yeah. Anybody who was like directly affected by it, I guess. Like who knew about the magic happening. But then Robert doesn't. I don't know. I don't know the exact rules of this. I just know that at least in this scene, only Morgan and Giselle are aware of what happened. Everybody else thinks it's a dream and everything goes back to normal. Giselle and Malvina apologize to each other, which I did kind of like because Malvina wasn't. I mean, other than like having her minions tear down her table, she didn't truly do anything evil. So I liked that they were trying to like make up because they live in the same town. You've got to kind of be nice to the locals. Mm-hmm. She allows her to join her council so she could actually set up a table if she wanted to. And then Robert has moved his practice at some point. So they all live and work in Monroeville. And I, I guess Morgan and Tyson are dating now. But they've only known each other for one day. <laughs> well, at least they're taking it slower than her mother wanted to take it. <laughs> <laughs> but Nancy and Edward arrive for another visit. There's some fun stuff with Edward and some kids playing around. And they bring a magic wishing dish. And I'm like, why are you bringing more magic things to these people who are clearly irresponsible with magic? (laughs) (laughs) Even though this only wishes food into existence, I could still see something terrible happening with this magic wishing dish. (laughs) Take it away. (laughs) And that's basically where it ends. It goes back to the scene from the beginning with Pip putting his kids to bed. The book says the end. And this firefly who looked like the hideous firefly from the princess frog, or the princess and the frog, except he was like a cuter version of that ugly firefly, which I hated. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember much of that movie. I just remember that firefly and I hated that firefly. (laughs) And then you get a credits rendition of Love Power, which I really liked the end credits song. I thought it was better than the one in the movie. Yeah, that was fun. And then that's it. So yeah, this movie was a downgrade from the original, but I liked that they did their own thing with it. I liked that they put a new spin on it. I liked that they didn't just retread the stuff from the original. I do wish it had been more of a parody because it really just leaned into the fairy tale stuff, which I, as a movie like that, it's fine. But because it's a sequel to a movie that was definitely a parody of this kind of movie, it felt like a downgrade. I think I wouldn't have had any negative thoughts about it in that regard if it had just been a straight up new movie without these characters but i think it was because it's in the same world as was a parody that it felt less than Mm -hmm. but i still enjoyed it like there was plenty in here that i really liked some things that i loved and other things that was just like let's move this along please (laughs) because it is long and long in places where I don't think it needs to be. I hate to say there's too much music, but there's some songs that I don't think needed to be here. I think they were a little bit unnecessary. It just felt like they wanted more songs, so put in more songs. Because, like, half of them I kind of forgot until the second watch. And, like, I only watched this yesterday and then again today. So the fact that I forgot half the songs before today... So this is something about the memorable. I only watched memorable. it today, and like I only remember vaguely how Love Power goes. 
Well, it's not like I have the thing memorized, but I know that I liked that one, especially <laughs> like the end credits version. But that and Batter were my two favorites. I really liked those. The rest were fine. Some of them were forgettable. I didn't think any of them were bad. They just weren't. They weren't the, the songs from the first one. Yeah, I agree. I don't, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, anybody have any final thoughts? Yeah, it's kind of a bummer that it couldn't have been better. Uh, it, it was interesting because they had the uh, the sequel to uh, the Christmas story uh, This that also came out the same weekend. And in my opinion, that uh, Christmas story Christmas was a much better follow-up than uh, Disenchanted was mm. as far as for fans of the original and and um mm-hmm. uh and just being a pretty good story and you know it's, it's just too bad what about you katie zero out of ten not enough sleeves <laughs> <laughs> no it was fine um yeah i would i'm never gonna rewatch it i feel like but yeah i agree with that i don't think i ever will either which is kind of damning yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll watch the first one because I'll get what I wanted out of the movie instead of, I don't know, I wasn't even having ex- expectations for this movie and it just, it felt like things were happening for no good reason. It just existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm not going to disagree with that because, yeah. And I did like it more than you did, obviously. And I probably <laughs> will rewatch it again. But I probably won't rewatch it again by myself. I think I will rewatch it again with family members who I know will enjoy it because I have family members who are not as picky as me <laughs> and who will enjoy this movie. I know they will. And I will watch it with them and I will enjoy it through their eyes because I find that even with movies I don't really enjoy, when I'm watching with someone who's totally into it, I do enjoy it more in that respect. So I will watch this again, probably several more times because i know several people who will want to watch this and i will enjoy it i just will be mildly disappointed in certain areas of the movie (laughs) yeah oh and a last final thought it was so weird to me that like the 2d character designs were changed from like the classic disney to like they're like oh no now we're gonna make it actually look like the actors was a little weird like they had cheekbones that's probably why I thought it looked off, because I think they gave them too many cheekbones. <laughs> <laughs> like, they didn't have that classic old Disney feel. It felt more like like um, they were trying to add more shapes than a classic Disney usually would have. Like, their faces were more square, or they had more angles to them, instead of just being soft, round, slightly triangular shapes. So it was just kind of strange. I was like... You could, I feel like if they were in a different place, you could have done that, but like nothing was supposed mm-hmm. to have changed in that world. So it was kind of like, why do they look so different? I have a feeling that you're just putting into words what I was feeling <laughs> <laughs> because they just felt kind of off to me. And I think that's probably why. Just wasn't the same. Yeah. Anyway, it's a mixed bag. I enjoyed it. Katie hated it. <laughs> But I think fans of Disney movies in general will enjoy it. Fans who really loved Enchanted for all the reasons that I really loved Enchanted are probably going to be a bit disappointed by this. 
and depending on who you are, your mileage will vary. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I guess I was kind of meh on it. I was meh in certain places, and I really liked certain things. So it is a mixed bag for me, but enjoyable enough. Okay, well, until another time, do you guys want to let people know where we can find you, Rachel? Yeah, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes, and on the Talking Disney Classics podcast. And Katie? And you can find me on Katie Draws Things on Instagram and Twitter. I draw things sometimes. <laughs> okay, well, until next time. Thank you much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Disney Movie Marathon. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well. Any relevant links will be in the description for easy access. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.